This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Interest rates are higher. I know people don't like that, but you should be welcoming a stronger economy. Fabian, you had a point about the machinery of capitalism being oiled with the blood of the workers. The United States is a country that has always paid all of its bills. Lannister always pays his debts. Don't let the bastards get you. Hello and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam and we're joined as always by my little older brother and real life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Yeah, g'day, Adam. How are you going? Very good. Thank you, Thomas. Our final episode for a couple of months while we take a little short hiatus to go off and uh, take care of some business. Uh, so, look, all I can suggest is just leave yourself subscribed. Uh, or better still, if you're not subscribed to our show, then why not go and subscribe to the show now and you'll be notified as soon as we are back on air. But for now, Thomas, massive show coming up as always. Uh, where are people shopping exactly if best and less is now too expensive? Wealthy shoppers apparently are now shopping at Audi. I guess even the rich like to save on things like bread, milk, night vision goggles and log splitters. <laughs> Can you have your cake and eat it too if cake is curbing inflation and eating is supporting local business? But first, Thomas, the Bank of England raised rates by another 50 basis points. What impact, if any, do you think this will have on the remaining four tests in the current Ashes series? Oh, is that still a thing? <laughs> <laughs> is that still a thing? It was the, the, one of the greatest test matches ever played last week, Thomas. So people hearing oh, this it? now are probably already putting in preparations for the next test starting tonight, their time. Oh. So oh. is this still a thing? Yeah, this is right. no, it's good. this is reason nice. number three hundred and twenty-three why I think we're possibly not related. Yeah, right, right. No, it's good. It's good to have traditions like that, <laughs> and Morris dancing and things. <laughs> oh, it's good. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. enough about the uh, cricket. What has mm. the uh, Bank of England been up to? What did they? What did they yeah. do? Yeah, well, they, yeah, they hiked fifty basis points. That mm. shocked markets. Markets were shocked. <laughs> did not see that coming. Didn't see the rise. or didn't see the fifty bips. The fifty. You the didn't 50 see the was fifty. The thing. So when it, it's the thirteenth hike in a row, like a lot of other places. But mm. they had slowed that pace down to twenty-five for three or four months. Right. Giving people the sense that that the peak was in and that we were things were slowing. They were just and tailing off. People felt like they were just gradually easing. We're, we're drawing mm, to a halt here. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> it's the train coming to rest at the station. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the driver of the train just planted his foot. <laughs> That's uh, right. Everyone fell over the drinks trolley. <laughs> yeah. No, that, right. Yeah, that's, that's, that was the reaction. People were like, whoa, okay, 50 basis points. That's, yeah, mm. 
So, and I, and this, and I guess this is what this, the big signal in that is that the Bank of England is not confident that they've got a handle on inflation. Headline right. inflation's at 8.7%, which is, you know, that's high. That's definitely too high. Sort of the trouble, troubling stat in that is the core inflation, which excludes energy and some other volatiles that picked up from 6.8% in April to 7.1% in May um, and driven by services. So right. that's going in the wrong direction. That's that's definitely not a good sign. Which one do we do we look at? Like which one do we care about more? Is it core? Like because I keep core. hearing core mm. and headline and whatever mm. being reported mm. and I never know which one to care about. Like one mm. of them... I mean, I don't really yeah. care about either. But <laughs> if we're having a scoreboard that people can understand, mm. why do we keep separating them out? Why don't we just go like keep tracking one? Doesn't one tell us all we need to know, or we really need to be looking at both? Uh, yeah, we really need to be looking at both. I mean, we look at core inflation. The RBA looks at the RBA cares about underlying inflation. Mm. Core inflation gets gets to that idea, and and basically like headline inflation can get bumped around by some one off things which right. have nothing to do with the underlying strength of the economy. Like there was that story last week about Beyonce's concert in Sweden <laughs> had, pulled, had jacked up hotel prices so much that it showed up in the monthly CPI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's, yeah, so core inflation helps you look through that kind of noise. <laughs> so why report it then? Is it because it is headline making because because oh. Beyonce makes even economics sexy. Because those one-off things that throw it around are one-off by nature. Mm. Yeah, they, they're random and they come from random places. Yeah. And underlying helps you, like it, underlying core inflation, like sometimes it will exclude specific things which are choppy, like food prices are often choppy, so it might exclude mm. those. Or it'll just exclude anything that just moved too much in the, in the, in the month. Right. So anything excluding what they call, quote, volatile items. Hmm. Um, so in that case, you, you know, that core measure might, you could have a core measure that would have just excluded hotels in Sweden for, <laughs> for the month, but it's going to be a different, it's going to be a different thing next month. Yeah. So know, I guess, I guess my, maybe another way of phrasing it is, would we, if we just looked at core inflation, would we be missing out on anything? Like, no, but it's, but it's not, it's not as clean a definition as your headline right. inflation because you, you, you're manually adjusting the numbers. Ah, oh, okay. Right. So you, you have the potential to intru- introduce some value mm. questions about what you include, what you exclude. Headline just doesn't do any of that. It just takes everything, everything. in the basket and. Yeah, it looks a little right. Like that. Okay, yeah, gotcha. All right, that, mm-hmm. that makes sense. All right, so back to back to the Bank of England. Um, yes. So yes, yeah, so inflation's at a not under control, and they're not happy with it. So why was it so surprising? Were they because of that history, or because of the tailing off, or yeah, because of the tailing off? I guess that also sort of talked it up a bit saying like, mm. yep, we're on, we're on top of inflation. It's always you never want to start showboating before the finish line. <laughs> yeah. We've seen too many. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many uh, Facebook videos and YouTube videos out there of people doing the yeah, early celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, it's a bit awkward because it's mm. sort of like, ooh, like it's sort of like it, it feels a bit panicky. It feels a bit like the banking was like, oh, okay, whoops, mm. we were slowing things down. We were 50 bips historically is a very big movement. Like it's quite unusual. Typically we move in 25 basis point mm. increments. 50 is quite a large number. So to drop that on us suddenly, it feels a bit panicky and mm. it's a bit like, yeah, 
feeling like dad's not in control of the whole mm. and Phil Lowe hasn't been starting like a side hustle consulting work <laughs> kind of practice right this feels like yeah. straight out of the Phil Lowe playbook of yeah. shock and awe and he's got his and- eyes on the exit <laughs> <laughs> He's just just doing some moonlighting for the Bank of England as they were winding things down. He came in with, have you thought about ramping things up again just (laughs) just to keep things edgy? (laughs) (laughs) Is it just an England thing? Is it just a... No. So one thing, we did get a pause out of the Fed Mm. last week. So after I think 15, 15 straight hikes in a row, we got a pause... Uh, last week, which everyone was like, oh, good, we've come to the end of that journey. Mm. But then the Jerome Powell fronted Congress, I think, and and one thing the Fed does there is they publish like the governor's estimates of where interest rates are going to be by the end of the year. Yep. And everyone says 5.6%, which is up, you know, 50 basis points from where they are now. Mm. So every, the market sort of looked at them and went like, oh, okay, everyone in the Fed thinks we need at least another two hikes. Mm. We're not actually done yet. And, and the I think, BOE I think, just went, let's do it now. <laughs> <they're doing> it. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we just do it now? What's the worst? Okay, we'll just do it now and get it out of the way. I think why, why the Bank of England move is, is so interesting is I think it's, it's, they're facing the same problem that everyone is facing and mm. that, that's the question of how sticky is inflation going to be. It seems to have peaked in the US and Australia and New Zealand but it's not coming down quickly. Mm. And the, the Bank of England says that you know, there's lags there and the things that drove up inflation, then it's not going to be as quick on the way down. They, mm. they won't unwind as quickly. Which, you know, then that raises the prospect that inflation is going to be much more sticky than they're expecting, which means when rates need to be higher than we're thinking. Mm. Yeah, so, so it's, it's that, that's why it sort of shook global markets because it's like, oh, okay, if the Bank of England can do that and they're, they're facing the exact same pitch as the rest as other central banks maybe maybe the global cycle hiking cycle isn't over yet Mm, they they got a they got inflation really early didn't they england though they were ahead of weren't they ahead of the rest of the world didn't maybe like when when that prime minister that was in for five minutes was around liz Liz truss when she Mm. was in weren't they Mm. already in a bit of a inflation was quite high then yeah they were already sort of panicking and talking about Defaults yeah. on different things, and yeah, it is higher. It, is, it has been higher than Australia. Oh. For and we're at seven percent, mm. so it has been higher, but it's consistently higher. And then when you, if your target's two to three percent, mm. where if you're at seven or eight point seven, yeah, you, you're still just missing. That's a that's a tough one on one with the boss, isn't it? When you're like, so just just having our weekly catch up. <laughs> <laughs> How are we looking? How'd you go with inflation this How'd week? How'd you go with inflation this week? Uh, you know, our target, our target likes to be two to three. So I just thought I'd check in and see how we're here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Thomas, I wanted to talk to you about, we've got a really interesting listener question came in this week. Basically saying, uh, we had a bit of chat the last couple of weeks about baby boomers and their crazy spending habits. Uh, they're just out there making it rain. This person says, I'm in a pretty fortunate financial position. I want to know if I stop spending, can I help slow down inflation? Or should I keep spending to keep small businesses afloat, like when we all got takeout in lockdown? And so I think it raises a really interesting question. If inflation's a problem and we don't want to be a part of that problem, uh, but then a recession is is likely and that's going to affect businesses, but we want us to do the right thing and support small business. 
What do we do? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Bless her mm. for for taking that on. Mm. Sadly, there isn't really anything you can do. Bloody knew you were going to say this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of probably the thing to do is stop spending now, put mm. all that money in a jar, and then commit to spend it uh, at hospitality venues and arts and recreation venues um, on the other side. Well, once the, right. once the, once inflation's over and we're in recession. That's but you probably, can't because your money being saved up is just going to be eroded by inflation. So you don't want to just put it in a jar. <laughs> well, no, no. If the, if the question is how do I support mm. the Australian nation and right. people pay people in it right now, mm. um, if that's your only concern yeah. and, you, and you're, you're feeling kind of flush at the moment, yeah. the thing I think you'd, you'd want to do is stick that money aside, not mm. spend it because you're contributing to inflation if you are spending it. And mm. then when inflation, we break the back of inflation and then we're probably going to end up in recession, then once it, once that happens, then get out and spend it. Get out and, and support. support. Support small businesses, support your cafe, support your local theatre, whatever that is. Mm. That's probably the best that you can do. Because the thing is like it, it's, it's bitter medicine, a rate height cycle. Like we need to see like Michelle Bullock, who's the assistant governor at the RBA, who, you know, potentially the next governor, mm. she was out saying that the unemployment rate needs to go up to like 5.5% before we're back at like a neutral level or something, something where we're not accelerating inflation. Mm. And that's like 150 to 200,000 jobs that need to be lost. Yeah, right. So that's the medicine we need to take. Somehow we need to, ha- to, to push 200,000 people into unemployment, which mm. for, and for that to happen, we need to, you know, wind up maybe... Fifty to 100,000 businesses. So stop spending now, let mm. people who work in the businesses lose their jobs, then go to the business that doesn't have any workers anymore and mm. say, I want nine coffees, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then complain about then the service. Then complain about the service. <laughs> <laughs> that seems a pretty terrible system. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, it is, it, is, it is a kind of a terrible system. And, and this has been the, the big sort of wake-up call for me watching this play out. Like this is the first time like the, the COVID boom and bust mm. has been such an epic cycle and so quickly. Like I don't think we, we've never seen such a pronounced economic cycle happen over such a short time frame. Yeah. And so you really kind of clock what's going on. And the thing that, the thing that I've been, you, you watch what happens like, it affects different people very differently on the way up and on the way down. So like when the pandemic hit and the government flooded the economy with money and dropped interest rates to the floor, those record low interest rates created a boom in asset prices. So stocks boomed. Crypto. Crypto boomed. <laughs> I said assets. Adam, actually. Yeah, crypto boomed. Um, houses and the share market all went, went, went nuts. If you owned assets, which you know, puts you in the wealthier half of the population, that was mm. great news. If you didn't own assets, that, that didn't really help you at all. Mm. And what you got with that flood of cash coming into the market with coming into a supply-constrained rental market is you create inflation and that's what we know about inflation and money. Like when money enters a, a sector of the economy where supply is constrained, it pushes up prices. Mm. And so that ca- all that money came into the rental market and rental prices exploded, like going o- over 10%, you know, for almost two years now. Like that's a huge pace of growth in, in rental prices. So so if you're if you didn't, you know, so if you're the if you're if you're a battler 
you don't didn't own a lot. You didn't have a huge share portfolio. You didn't own a rental property. You maybe didn't own your own home. All you got was a massive increase in your rental prices. You know, mm. and so you got you got some extra money, but all of that just got eaten up by by competition in the rental market. So you didn't really come out ahead. Yeah. So that so there's a big you know imbalance there, and then on the other side of that, now we're trying to tame inflation. We're trying to jack up interest rates. To, to, to slow things down. Again, that has a very different impact on where you sit, whether you're a battler or whether you're, you're sitting, sitting cozy. Hmm. You know, if you're, if you're a battler, like, you know, you'd maybe you bought at the peak of the, of the housing cycle and now interest rates are, are off and away, you know, it, we've already had enough interest rates that have pushed, pushed servicing levels past the buffers that people would have got their mortgages at in 2020 and 2021. So mm. when you get a when you go go for a mortgage, the bank looks at your your serviceability and says, "Can you survive at this interest rate? And can you survive at that interest rate plus three percent mm. to sort of like to get a sense of yeah, where yeah, your, yeah. what your capacity is? That three percent is meant to be the worst case scenario. So it's like, yep, you mm. can afford it now. And in the worst case scenario, <laughs> where it's go where interest rates go up three percent, are you still yeah. going to be okay? Yeah, you know, and, and then the RBA comes in, hold my yeah. beer, hold my beer, and we're away. Yeah, yeah, and mm. and that three percent in normal times serves you well because yeah. you know three percent might happen, but it might happen over five years. Yeah. So your wages are going to go up. You're going to pay down some of your debt anyway. You're going to build up some equity. That hasn't happened for for borrowers or tw- people who bought in 2020, 2021. Mm. That because they, they haven't paid down equity. House prices have fallen. So they haven't built up equity, house prices have fallen and now interest rates have gone up 4%. Mm. You know, so they're getting, they're getting smashed. If you own your own home and you own lots of stocks and you, you know, benefited from the boom in share prices and, you know, mm. you're doing well, it doesn't touch you. So yeah. you're all good. Do you see what I mean? So like on yeah. both, both sides of the cycle... Yeah, the battlers get get the roar into the deal. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's so. Maybe instead of supporting small business, you should just go and find someone who took out a home loan in the last two years. See if you can just supplement their, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> their repayments. Yeah, um, shared, shared equity scheme shared or something. <laughs> <laughs> Offer your neighbour uh, to buy ten percent of their house yeah. if yeah. you're if you're doing well. No, that's they won't appreciate that. Don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah right. Yeah. So but, I mean, but this so this is the thing that's jumped out at me in this is it's mm. like that's it's the system ratchets with mm. every economic cycle, inequality ratchets and mm. doesn't go up and down. It just goes up and then up and then mm. up and then up. And yeah. and, and this is the, sort of the classic thing about capitalism. Like it does some things very well, but it has a, an inbuilt tendency towards mm. inequality and to for power and wealth to accumulate in fewer and fewer hands. And it just has a natural tendency to do that. Because of the way the rules are set up, can we do it better? Like, is that? Oh, I like to think that, so. I like to think so. I mean, there's a yeah, like there's a lot of people out there spending a lot of time trying to think about how to do mm. it better. Like, mm. you might have heard of Karl Marx, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Not for a while. Not for a while. Yeah, it's been a bit quiet. He's he resting was, on his he, laurels he too. Had, yeah. He had his time in the sun. Um, <laughs> but no, there's a, yeah, but there's still even still, there's a lot of people yeah. now in in universities and whatever trying to come up with better ways to do it. But mm. it's very hard to sort of build the political momentum to to shift the fundamental rules mm. of the game. There was a lot of talk in COVID about money printing. Oh, modern modern monetary modern theory. monetary theory. Mm. There was mm. the movement, and and a lot of the defenders of the movement of modern monetary theory. Mm. Which has gone very quiet, mind you. I haven't heard. I mean, mm. in my news feed anyway. But the ash, ashes is on. 
But a lot of the defenders of modern monetary theory were out saying, no, 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 it won't cause inflation. It won't cause inflation. But that's exactly what we did and seemingly it's exactly Uh, what happened. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the modern monetary theorists never recommended printing a gazillion dollars and flooding it all into the economy in a single (laughs) dose. Like, like it's a bit, it's a bit, you can't sort of blame modern monetary theory for that. Like that yeah, that wasn't particularly a, a policy prescription. And I right. kind of think like a lot of the basic tenants bore out, like we mm. got inflation in sectors where they, where they were supply mm. constrained. A lot of, I mean, a lot of what, what sparked inflation seemed to be supply chain bottlenecks, mm. Like that's where inflation first showed up. And then from there, it kind of spread. Yeah, true. So, like, I don't know necessarily, like, obviously having heaps way too much money in the system made mm. the problem worse, but okay. I'm not sure that it sparked the problem even. I think we, we have got off topic from the initial question, which was what can I do about it? And I guess the short answer is not much. Um, not much. I, yeah. I, I did think you could, if you go to a cafe for dinner or for lunch or whatever, just don't order dessert. Like, see if you can walk the narrow path of <laughs> have lunch. Don't order like a little ice cream or something afterwards. Just leave after lunch. You keep supporting the business, but not. And there's health benefits to that as well. Yeah. So we're all going to make sacrifices. <laughs> That's, that's, that's my recommendation. All right, uh, let's take a break here. We'll grab a word from this week's sponsor. Uh, back after the break, talking best and less and Aldi. It's supermarket shopping time on CVE. Uh, back with more right after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back. You're on Comedian versus Economist. We are taking a couple of months off after this week, but you can send us an email if you like, cve at equitymates.com or via the website, equitymates.com forward slash cve. And we will endeavor to get back to you. If not during the break, then when we get back. Thomas, we got a we. There was a trading update from Best and Less last week. <laughs> what did you learn? Uh, it didn't show up in your feed? <laughs> Not in my feed again. No, I, right. My feed is chock-a-block <laughs> full of Ashes commentary. It's fair to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, no, we got a trading update from Best and Less and mm. another warning effectively. They're saying that uh, their same-store sales are down 13.2% in the past five weeks. Mm. So that's sort of going over a cliff, those sales, which is kind of what we're expecting. You know, kind of the puzzle is that it hasn't happened sooner. We've had, you know, close to 400 basis points of hikes. 
right. in a year or so. Like it was surprising that the consumer was so resilient. Mm. Uh, looks like the consumer's buckling now. So yeah, down thirteen point two percent in five weeks. Mm. That's yeah, that's that's pretty sharp. Yeah, and there's just a bunch of bunch of them now making these warnings. That so best and less follows baby bunting, favorite mm. of yours. Adairs, Universal Store, Rebel Sport, BCF, Donut right. King. Domino's Donut King? King. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've struck a chord. And Domino's Pizza as well. Like Domino's Pizza got, got hammered. Yeah, they're saying their, their earnings are down 23% um, and they're cutting 100 stores shutting down a hundred of their 900 odd stores. Right. So those mm. are the job, they're the job losses that we talked about needing yeah. to have. Yeah. No, that, well, that's right. That's, that's what this, the, I mean, this is the cycle working. Mm. This is, this is right. the medicine, medicine having its effect. I know we just talked about it, but it's very difficult to be happy about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, the, this is this, this is, oh, it's good news. Stores yep. are closing. Um, it's best and even less now. Um, mm-hmm. Like no, that's that's right. That's that's the, that's the system we've got. And the mm. people who bear the pain on the way up and on the way down are the mm. same people. You know, it's yeah, the people working dominoes and things. It's broadly good news for the economy. It's what you want to be seeing. Mm. That'll help bring down inflation. But yeah, if you're working at one of these places, it sucks. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, is it just a sort of retail story, or that's the that, that's that's what we're looking at? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what we're looking at for now. This, that, yeah, that's where it's showing up. I mean, this this is like discount retailing is where you expect is is discretionary. You know, like your Rebel Sport, BCF, Donut King. It's all discretionary spending, mm. and that's where you expect to see rate hikes bite first. Yeah, and so we're seeing it now. It's come late, but it's happening. So, mm. you know, there is a chance that the RBA looks at this and goes, okay, good the rate hikes are having their desired impact. Maybe we don't need to do a Bank of England. We can just chill for mm. a bit. But, yeah, we'll have no, to see. I think we're still on for a rate hike. That's my, that's my mm. mail from a very mm. reliable source at the RBA. Mm-hmm. All right, Thomas, people are flocking to Audi, it seems. What's going on? Yeah, the Wall Street Journal had an interesting article the other day yeah, saying that Audi's doing well in the US. But mm. what they were noticing was that there's, there's been a pickup in middle and high income earners. Right. Yeah, going to their stores. Yeah, they had an interview. How do they know? I think all those loyalty programs check the and car things. park. See, the car. <laughs> See what cars yeah. are pulling up. <laughs> That's the third Mercedes this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These stores have a lot of ways to capture your data and understand, unless you're paying in cash. I think there's mm. a good chance they've got a good handle on who you are. Hey, there's a guy. There was a guy that worked at the photo booth at Harvey Norman once. I bought some photos. I remember it because I bought three photos that cost me like eighteen cents, and I wanted to pay on card. And he's like, "Ah, oh, you can't pay on card. It's a minimum two dollars spend." And I was like, "What? <laughs> you sell individual photos?" Like, I didn't get angry, obviously, but mm-hmm. but I, in my mind, I'm like, "You sell individual photos. You're Harvey Norman. Surely you could wear the credit card cost occasionally when someone comes in just to print <laughs> off three photos." <laughs> And <laughs> you can wear the, the credit card transaction cost of that instance of that happening. But anyway, I said to the guy, I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's frustrating because I don't carry cash anymore. You know, I, mm. we pay for card with everything now. And he's like, this was, this was the weird bit. He was like, not me. I'm never paying for card for anything. I'm always going to use cash. And I was like, yeah, this was pre-COVID. And so I often think of him as we move entirely to COVID. But his whole... 
I used to see him on the train sometimes too and he'd be reading like these kind of, I don't know, like doomsday kind of books. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think he had some sort of maybe, like maybe he was a bit of a conspiracy theorist type person. But Mm. his concern, I I think, was his tracking. And I do Mm. think it often, think about it often now going, we are very trackable now, very Mm. trackable in terms of our spending habits and as you say, correlating that whatever we spend at Audi, maybe mm, with other things, mm, mm. rewards programs, at, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 wherever it is. Yeah, and it's harder. It's really hard to spend cash now. Well, it's yeah. harder, but it's also just physically harder. Like it's a pain to carry it around. Yeah, so, so they're, they're seeing a rise in high middle climb earners. The Dollar mm. Tree, which is like a dollar shop, $1, $2 shop in America, mm. their CEO reckons they've seen more people earning $80,000 a year have been visiting their stores. I'll have 80,000 lollipops. <laughs> Your finest $1 lollipops, please. <laughs> yeah. It was funny on his earnings call, you're saying, yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing a rise in high income earners and more core customers visiting more frequently, even though we've increased our anchor price from $1 to $1.25. <laughs> what are they called? They're called Dollar Store, aren't they? Yeah, Dollar Tree. Yeah. Dollar, dollar tree, yeah. <laughs> dollar and a quarter tree. Dollar and a quarter tree, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. For me, like, I don't know if there's so much a sign of the economic times. Like, as you're saying, like, people who are quite wealthy aren't feeling mm. the pinch, aren't feeling too much pain from rate hikes. Mm. But I think it d- does say something interesting about wealthy consumers. Like, one, like, there's a myth that they don't care about value for money. Mm. Oh, God, no. No, I right. Think like that's the, a myth. Right, yeah. Well, no, yeah. All the, I mean, all the wealthy people I know are very conscious about value for money, even though they yeah. don't need to be, but they're still, you know, they're not just blowing money for... No, it's that old thing, you know, like you don't get rich by spending all your money, you know, like mm. so mm. Y- you have to, you know, they obviously made it, they they wouldn't have, well, maybe in some cases they did, were born with money, but, you know, you, mm. you earn money, you, you're conscious about where you're spending it. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. If you... I don't know, has Audi become cool as well? I think, Al- I feel like Audi is a little bit cool. A little bit. It does. It's it's definitely not budget sort of, you know. No, it kind of, of is. The rung kind of thing. I do enjoy perusing the Audi yeah. Special Buyers catalogue. Yeah. No, they, I bought yeah, a, they, I bought a jacket from Audi the other day. I'm not too proud no. to wear an Audi jacket. Yeah, right. There you go. It was a snow jacket. I'm not even going to the snow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just getting really cold here, and maybe that's a sign of me. Being getting older and getting like, oh, it's that winter <laughs> chill. I don't care what it is. I just need a warm coat. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I got an I got an Audi jacket. The other thing that's uh, like someone was saying in this report is that like part of it's about conspicuous consumption. So hmm. like if you're gonna spend ten thousand dollars on a handbag, you want people to know you've spent ten thousand dollars on a handbag. <laughs> so you need all that Louis Vuitton branding all over it. Like totally yeah. cover the whole thing with it, even though it looks stupid. <laughs> It's really important I, people know how much money you've spent on it. I consciously made sure there wasn't a single mention of Audi anywhere on my jacket. That was one of the criteria yeah. for buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely wear this without people just going. Although, you know, it was interesting also, I don't want to get to, I don't want to make this show about what's what's in the Audi special buyers catalogue. <laughs> but in the catalogue this week, I noticed that there was an umbrella and the umbrella was, I think, $14 for a large umbrella. And we've been looking for a large umbrella, as like would have it. But there was two options for the large umbrella. There was one that was like just a, a plain colored large umbrella. And there was another one, which was 
Audi blue with an Audi logo on it. Oh, yeah. And it was the same price. And I was like, who's buying for the same price the one yeah. with the massive Audi logo yeah. on it? But to my earlier point, yeah. Audi, maybe that's maybe, maybe cool. Audi's cool. A bit like Bunnings. Bunnings is a bit oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah, wear yeah. Bunnings stuff now. I've they do wear they Bunnings wear- stuff. <laughs> 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 and maybe this is a sign of inflation and, and things as well is that what's cool is actually coming down. So Bunnings is cool. You know, there's going to be people walking around like price attack shirts. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe that's a that's another byproduct of inflationary and high cost of living is what's yeah, cool yeah, because yeah, that's what yeah, the kids yeah. are wearing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bit of a subculture or whatever you yeah, call it yeah, yeah. around. We need to print stores. up some home brand t shirts. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but that's the point. The point the article was making, which I thought was an interesting one, is that people, high high wealth people, will spend money on stuff that people can recognise. Uh, where it's a, there's a clear differentiation from the from the basic product. But for ordinary thing, like you're just buying vegetables or a carrot or a pen, there's no point overpaying. So why not go to a dollar shop? True. Speaking of luxury stuff, um, we talked about last week on the show, and I put forward my theory around that we should tax luxury items. Ryan sent us an email, a uh, long-time fan of the show, wanted to expand on... The title of the email, I should point out, is The Non-Economist Might Be Onto Something, <laughs> uh, which I'll take that as a win. Uh, Adam's idea sounds good in theory to take additional cash out of the economy target of those who can afford to do so. But in addition, what if the government were to use this revenue from the luxury tax specifically to buy back their treasury bonds from the RBA? I'm sorry, you've lost me now, Ryan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Would this assist with quantitative tightening? Perhaps this tax temper, perhaps this temporary tax measure, or a lever that we pull when the proverbial is really hitting the fan. Um, Thomas, yeah, I mean, I like you were talking about this last week. I like mm. the direction of the idea. I, I tried to do a little searching like just what share of consumption is luxury or is defined mm. as luxury. I couldn't find any data on that on the first page of Google. <laughs> didn't, didn't get to the some, second. That's some solid research though. Don't <laughs> yeah. beat yourself up about it. That's, that's, you've gone above and beyond. Did you scroll to the bottom? Yeah, yeah, all the yeah. way. All the <laughs> well, way. you've done, you've done any, all that anyone reasonably could expect. Yeah, but, but I, think, I think one is like it's kind of hard to define what a luxury is. So like what, what's a luxury watch? You need to define what's a normal watch and then you need to define a luxury watch. What's well, a normal, well, we've what's got a that normal? definition already. There was an article I read today about mm. Jacob & Co, mm-hmm. which is of some brand that like rich people and rappers wear and uh-huh. it's coming to Australia uh-huh. and you can get a watch starting at $35,000 mm. or up to a thousand times that, which is whatever that is, three thirty-five million. <laughs> it seems excessive for a watch. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. But that's an expensive watch. Like surely there's a surely we could put our heads together and tax that somehow or Well, I mean this yeah, what what you know, so you do that and say, Okay, your thirty five thousand dollar watch is a luxury item, we're gonna tax mm-hmm. it and they say, No, there's thirty five thousand dollars worth of engineering that's gone into that product. I don't know if you can tax quality. You know, like you can't you're saying like it's not a normal watch, there's better engineering gone into it. Yeah, but if this was, if you're doing your tax return for the year, right, and you're, you work, you're a train station attendant, 
who needs, what do they call them? Conductor on mm -hmm. the platform. And it's really important that for your job, you know what time it is. <laughs> right? And you go to the, you do your tax return for the year. And on your tax return, you list a Jacob and Co. watch <laughs> <laughs> for $35,000 and try and claim that against your income for the year, yeah. which also happens to be $35,000. Then the tax department surely would go, oi. <laughs> We get on, that you need a watch on, what, for your. What on ground? Well, what grounds though? Like that's that's pretty value stat. Like you can make the argument. Like no, I really need a precision watch mm. for my job. Mm. I mean, if the employer is not providing it, I think you could make that case. <laughs> no, I really need the high a high end precision watch to do my job effectively. <laughs> I'd love to see Adelaide Metro roll out Jacob and Co <laughs> watches as part of their company issued watches to the train conductors. Yeah, yeah. There's got to this is no, this is what this is though. This is just an example of society really not trying hard enough. If that's the case, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Surely we can I mean, come yeah, up with. Surely, it's, yeah. I mean, maybe you just say like, yeah, you pick. But you got to do it for every item in the economy, for every mm. watch, for every bottle of wine, for mm -hmm. every car, for everything. You got to say this is the median price, and then whatever. If you deviate above that, X percent gets taxed. It's you know, it's doable in a in a data mm. age. It's it's doable. Yeah. The, the other thing I wonder about, which I which I don't know, is if that's really that if. Because we're talking about taxing the, you know, he's dropping 35K on a watch. We're talking mm. about the top 1%. Yeah. Does the top 1% consume enough to create a tax base that's really going to shift the entire economy? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I don't like, know. I, doubt, I doubt it, but I couldn't, I couldn't find good data on it. Yeah, I didn't. Well, don't ask me. I didn't even scroll to the bottom of the search results page. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's got, well, more, some, some money is better than no money. Or maybe you're saying yeah. that the the cost of implementing such a system might actually this is this would be classic mm. government, wouldn't it? If the cost of the system to evaluate yeah, and yeah, set the yeah. thresholds for watch purchases, yeah, the cost yeah. of implementing that system grossly outweighed the revenue that came yeah. back from the taxing of the watches. Yeah, you'd have to pay pay Price Waterhouse Coopers ten million dollars <laughs> for a PowerPoint <laughs> presentation. Telling you it's going to work. I'm or not, not sure they're going to be invited back to the government anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of speaking of dollar stores, they just sold their government consulting business for a dollar. For a dollar, yeah. yeah. I, I heard. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they got it at Dollar Tree. What? <laughs> <laughs> if they waited a week, they could have sold it for a dollar twenty-five. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, very finally on the show this week, uh, Tom, was it Tom? Yeah, Tom sent us an email uh, on the work from home debate. Interested in your thoughts on the idea that companies are mandating five days in the office, knowing this will go down like a lead balloon as a way to trim their workforce and get a certain percentage to resign without having to lay people off. Interesting, mm. Thomas, do you think this mm. could be possible? I'm guessing that most contracts when they were set up for at least existing employees probably didn't mm. allow for working from home or didn't sti didn't stipulate you could and that it was all probably given would would companies be so sinister yeah surely oh, not yes answer that is yes <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's potentially like i think it's right so potentially it's a good way to reduce your head count mm. you know because you're just saying like this is what you got to do what this is what you've always got to do and people can just go no nah, i'm leaving 
you don't have to pay them severance or anything. So mm. potentially that does reduce your headcount. Whether, mm. you know, you know, maybe it's worth, if you're thinking about it, maybe it's like, well, let's just roll this out and see. I don't, I mean, I don't think like we covered it last week. It's emerging. The evidence seems to suggest there's really solid reasons to have work in place from a business's perspective. They, they, they have a strong preference for it now. So I think, I think it's there, but I, I mean, could definitely mm. be a thing. I mean, it's, it's also one of those things that what's the selection basis that you introduce with a system like that? Like if you, if you bring everyone back and then you lose everyone who's not willing to come back to the office, mm. you probably end up losing the people who are back, you know, have better skill sets are willing to try their hand in the in the labour market. Oh yeah, but yeah, maybe that's true of any sort voluntary of voluntary redundancies. System, well, I guess yeah. yeah. If you if you do voluntary redundancies, you always risk losing the good people who know that they can just go and get a job somewhere else. I yeah. guess I, I just wonder if this is a symptom or this is indicative of the shoe now is firmly on the other foot. Like mm. so, employees were kind of making demands for a while saying, you know, I'm not going to, you know, you need to offer work from home or I'm not going to come and work for you and you need to pay me more and you need to let me work from home because we know the job market's so tight. Like maybe this talk, this kind of talk is just, um, like I don't know if it's mm. fact, I don't know if people are actually considering this or not. Um, I, I think Ryan just heard it somewhere, uh, sorry, Tom it was, heard it somewhere as well. Maybe that now employee employees are losing the bargaining power. They're kind of going, yeah. well, actually now's not the best time to be losing my job. Mm-hmm. And if my company starts mandating five days a week in the office, then maybe it's incumbent on me to try and make that work and mm. not just, you know, not just quit in a half. <laughs> Despite <laughs> I do, I do encourage, <laughs> I do like that approach. I'm always a fan of any kind of any anytime anyone can go out in a in a ball of flames. I think <laughs> it's always entertaining for those of us left behind. <laughs> so, so don't rule it out. All right, I reckon that does us for this week and for a couple of months. We will be away, uh, but we hope that you'll join us again on CVE. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast feeds. That way we will pop up un- unannounced, as we like mm-hmm. to do, back in your feed as soon as we're back online, and we hope you'll join us then. Uh, until then, it's bye for now. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 54069. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Seven.